and welcome to episode 10 of LUFC Fan Zone podcast. I'm Sam Isles. And I'm Jack Ellis. In each episode, we'll be talking to an ex-Leeds United player or manager about their time at the club. We're delighted to announce that today's episode is sponsored by Luxury Watch Brand and the official timing partner of Leeds United, Louis Arad. The company was founded in 1931 in Switzerland, and they've been an official partner with Leeds United for the last four years. As this season is Leeds United's centenary year, Louis Irad have created a limited edition watch to celebrate 100 years of Leeds United. This celebratory watch is limited to just 100 pieces, with every piece made precisely by hand. The watch uses the same automatic chronograph found in brands such as Taghua and Breitling, and their limited edition centenary piece has a special dial made using fragments of the brick from the player's tunnel Ellen Road, allowing you to wear a very unique piece of Leeds United history on your wrist. The watch is available on the official Leeds United website and the online club shop, as well as on Louis Irad's Instagram page, at Louis Irad Official, and their website, www.louisirad.com, along with the rest of their luxury watches. But back to the show. And from now on, we have decided that me and Sam will be picking who features on the podcast, rather than hosting a poll on our Instagram to decide, just because it allows us to have more time to prepare and arrange everything with our guest. All of our episodes can be found on our LUFC Fan Zone YouTube channel, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcast. And last episode, we were with former Collegiate United captain, Rudolf Austin, who spoke to us about Mad Friday and how Massimo Cellino dismissed and then reinstated Brian McDermott as manager within 24 hours of taking over the club, as well as scoring Legion United's goal this season in 2015, the fantastic volley against Watford at Ellen Road, and capturing Jamaica against Lionel Messi in the 2015 Copa America. However, this episode, we were with a former number nine who averaged almost a goal every two matches whilst at Leeds, scoring 41 times in 83 appearances in his two seasons at the club. Kiwi joined Ellen Road in 2015 from Leicester City for 2.5 million. However, after a successful two seasons in the Championship, made the switch back to the Premier League with Burnley for 15 million, which at the time mm. made him their club record signing. That's right. This week we're delighted to be joined by former Legion United striker Chris Wood. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. No, thank you for having me. The start of the Premier League season is uh, less than three weeks away now, and you and the rest of your Burnley teammates have returned to training ahead of your uh, opener against Leicester City at the King Power Stadium. How are you finding pre-season, obviously, because it would have been quite different because of the whole COVID thing going on? Look, yeah, it's been uh, quite different, quite tough. Um, it's a quick turnaround from uh, the end of the season. So um, there's not as much running needed, but a uh, hell club, there's always a lot of running. Um, it's just the way the gaffer has us programmed. So we work hard and then uh, we see what's about after that. So uh, luckily we get an extra week. Um because our first game was United, but that's been called off. Um, so at least we get an extra week more preparation uh, for Leicester away. And obviously you'll probably know full well that after 16 years, Leeds are finally back in the Premier League. Uh, how much are you looking forward to facing Leeds once again? Oh, 
I'm actually buzzing there actually up because uh, it's been a long time coming, um, especially from my time there. It was once I wanted to do when I was there, I wanted to get promoted, didn't happen. And uh, it's taken them uh, three years after that, but they've been the best team in the league in the championship for the last two seasons. So uh, it's great to see them finally up and uh, I'm thinking they'll cause some, uh, sort of cause some damage when they're up here. It's great to have you on the show, Chris, and speak to you about your time at Leeds. And you joined the club over five years ago now when you arrived from Leicester City on the opening day of the summer transfer window in 2015. When did you know about the possibility of moving to Leeds and what do you know about the club before you joined? Um, well, to be fair, the move to Leeds happened very quickly. Um, it was one of those, I was my time was coming to an end at Leicester. I wanted to get out, I wanted to play. Um, I was sitting in the stand the year before pretty much most of the season, only got seven games in the Prem for Leicester, so nothing major. So it was, I was at the stage of my career where I just wanted to go out and play games. Um, I had a few options from other clubs and then all of a sudden Leeds came in and uh, credit to them, they they put the money where their mouth is and outbid a couple of other teams. And then when I went to speak with the manager and the owner, they uh, they filled me with confidence and uh, I I signed because Uwe Rosler was, was the man I wanted to play for and uh, a person that I thought could take the team and the club forward. And when you did join the club, Although the fee was undisclosed, like you said, Leeds put the money where their mouth was and it was reported that the fee was around £3 million, which at the time it was the most that Leeds has spent on a player in over 13 years. Did you feel that because Leeds hadn't spent that much money on a player in a long time that you were under some pressure from the fans and maybe even the club to reflect that price tag? Um, The price tag? No, not really. Um, I think the pressure came from the heritage, what the supporters feel about the club, how they act towards players. Um, that's where the pressure comes from, the, the price tag. The price tag these days, it's it's nothing now, $3 million. So, uh, But back in the time, it was a, was a big transfer and um, I was glad that I was able to live up to it in the end, especially with uh, a few bumps in the road. The first match of that campaign was against your current team now, Burnley at Ellen Road, who had just been relegated from the Premier League. And you started that match to make your Leeds United debut in a one-all draw. What can you remember about that game and what was it like to walk out at Ellen Road as a Leeds United player for the first time? Uh, I remember it was a nice sunny day um, to, to come off the back of, I think we played Everton the week before in pre-season and then uh, coming into the, the, the final for first day of the season up against, obviously, one of the teams that were, were tipped for promotion. Um, it was always going to be a tough game. And then, of course, I remember... Antonucci screamer of a left foot cupping in, cutting another left on the right hand side and bended in the far top corner and uh, the crowd gone gone, gone berserk and uh, that was the first real taste of a, a bit of atmosphere at, at Leeds and uh, seeing what this club can be like. And despite that goal against Everton as well, uh, just three matches later, you did make your first goal in the Championship in a 2-2 draw away at Bristol City. Leeds being up 2-0 in the 89th minute and ended up drawing two apiece. What was it like for you to get off the marks? I can imagine as a striker, the first one is probably the toughest again. And once you get one, it's probably easier to get the rest. Um, Yeah, everybody says that. But at the end of the day, you just want to be playing good football, working hard for the team. Of course, you're judged on goals, but... Ultimately, the goals will come in the season. They don't all have to come in the first five games. So, especially for strikers, you need to not worry about that side of it. They will come. 
most of these players are playing championship with other good strikers and know, know the ball will come and, and the, the goals will come for strikers because that's why they're in the championship and the premiership. So it's not about thinking about that. It's about working hard consistently for the team. And then when the chances come, take them. And uh, yeah, it took three games for me to get off the mark, which is quite short in a, in a period of time at a new club. Um, but then they've, the next one came quite quickly after that. And then uh, we had to keep going from there. Yeah, like you said, following that Bristol match, you scored three goals in your next five matches, including a great goal against Derby County, which was a last-minute winner, which saw you find net four times in your first eight championship matches, which was a great start to your Leeds career. But before that season had started, did you set yourself any individual targets as to how many goals you want to score that season or any other targets that you wanted to reach? Um, to be fair, I'm not a, not a target setting person. There's only been one season in my career that that I have kind of set targets, um, and it, and it worked the following season. But that was more out of a what would I call it? More out of um, to prove a point to to people um, to know that I back myself. I don't need to really. I've learned over my career. I don't need to tell everybody that I back myself. I I back myself in my own ability and and my own mindset and. Uh, who knows that as my friends and family. Um, so I don't normally uh, normally set targets and things like that. I just want to do the best I can. And I don't want to be limited to buy targets. I just want to keep ticking them off as they come and, and getting better and better. And like you said, when you joined Leeds, the manager at the time was Juve Rosler, who had just been appointed head coach just a month before you joined the club. And although you were scoring the goals in the championship, the side were struggling to pick up points in the league. And... After those first eight games, the side was 14th in the championship. Did Rosler set any targets for the side as a whole as to where he wanted the team to finish at the end of that season? Look, yeah, it was all about progressing on the on the season before. Um, it was it was sold to me as as we want to finish top ten that season and then move into the playoffs the following season. And I think, especially after the few years before that, the problems that had been been arised throughout the the time at Leeds. I think that was a, a reasonable step. You can't, um, as much as we all would like to jump from 16th, 17th in the league to, to first in the league and get promoted, it, it very, very rarely happens like that. So you need those building blocks. And that's what it's about. It was about finishing in the, in the top half, top 10, and then continuing on for the next season. Um, it's just unfortunate he never got a chance to do that. And although Rosler started his season as Leeds' head coach, he was eventually sacked in October after 12 matches, with Leeds winning just two matches and sitting in 18th place at the time of his departure. Uh, he was the first of your four managers' journey time at Leeds, and because, as you probably found out, the chairman at the time, Massimo Cellino, was not as patient as other chairmen would have been with his managers. For example, at your current club, where Sean Dyke has been manager now for over eight years, Rosler's reign was just four months, and not one of the three managers who followed lasted longer than one season. How hard was it for you as a player during that time at Leeds to adapt to Rosler's playing style and then a few months down the line adapt again to Steve Evans' playing style? Um, it's a, it's extremely difficult. Obviously, it was the first time in my career that, that I've had to come through that a manager can sack during the season so it was, it was different for me different for, for most of the lads in the team um, but it's it's got to be done in football it, it happens like that um, Leeds were well known for for replacing managers very quickly um, especially at that point in time um, but I believe in, in you've got to give time to, to managers and players and as they've shown with now Bielsa being there 
he's had time to adapt his own style and his own football and, and look where the club's taken and taken. Um, so sometimes you do need that time, um, managers and players. So, uh, yeah, it's, it wasn't great that there was four managers in my time in two years there, but uh, that's the way life goes sometimes. How did his uh, playing style differentiate from Uwe Rosler's? Um, Uwe's was was a lot more technical and technical. Um, he, he spoke to us where we should be on the pitch, how he wants us to play, um, all that that side of the game, which I, I think is needed and uh, for people to understand their positions. Um, Steve Evans came in very just standard. We, we need to work hard and we played a lot more long ball technique at that time. And uh, it's, it's, it's not the, the right type, well, not, not my type of game and things like that, just lumping it forward and fighting. Um, but you got to do what the manager says and uh, you follow off that. And he got a bit of success throughout his time, but ultimately not enough because we were still um, not the team we needed to be. Although Evans was obviously brought in to improve the results, the results didn't really change for the second half of that season. And Leeds finished 13th in your first year in the championship at Leeds, failing to break into the top 10 at any stage during the campaign. Did you feel that that finish was an underachievement from the side? Um, underachievement? Um, uh, probably, because we were aiming for top half and top 10. Um, but ultimately, I think it was a progression on the season before. I think off the top of my head, finished 15th or 17th. Yeah. Um, but of course, it was a long time ago. I can't remember exactly, but it was still a progression and you need to take those small victories, especially in a in a chop and change type season, um, both for players and managers. So um, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a disappointment, but it was one about we need to build properly and go next season and, and that needed to be under a manager who could guide us that way. And although Leeds did finish in the bottom half of the table, in your first season at Leeds, you scored 13 championship goals and you were the club's top goal scorer with four more goals than second highest scorer, Mirko Antonucci, and eight more than Suleiman Dakara, who was Leeds' third top goal scorer. However, despite the goals, there were some sections of Leeds' fans who began to criticise you, saying that you somehow should have been scoring even more goals. And although it was clear that the season as a whole could have been better for Leeds, do you think that it was fair of the fans to direct the criticism at you? Or did you feel that you had a good first season at Leeds? Um, I wouldn't say I had a good first season. I wouldn't say I had a bad first season. I think it was uh, it was half decent for, for the chopping and changing and the way the club played. Um, also, I missed three months of the season with injury. Um, so it didn't really help that side of it. But course I wanted more goals and it's, it's one of those things that didn't happen I still scored 13 goals it was the highest um, striker had scored for the last five seasons um, the champ so you take small victories where you can but ultimately I got a lot of criticism after that um, and it made me learn one of the, the toughest lessons I had to learn in my football career and what's made me 10 times 20 times a better player because of learning that um, and finding a mindset that I had to go into to, to deal with all the criticism. And at the end of that season, Leeds once again parted company with the manager at the time, Steve Evans, and replaced him with Gary Monk, and who with him also brought former England striker James Beattie as a first-team coach. How much of an impact did James Beattie have on you in training, and how much did he help you out as a striker? Um, he helped me a lot. Uh, 
he he knows he's been there, done that. He knows the ins and outs of uh, being a striker. Um, ultimately, he uh, he was more there for me mentally, especially in the first part of the season where I was getting booed, and uh, he was one that that guided me through it and helped me through it and made me learn the lesson, um, which made me so much more mentally stronger and uh, made me into a the mentally strong person that I can be today. Um, so he he's had a big influence on on that side of my career and. Um, Along with Gary Monk, he was he was instrumental in that as well, and uh, I think they came into to my career at the right time, and and hopefully I came into their career at the right time because I helped bolster their career as well, which was good on both fronts. And other arrivals that summer included uh, Pablo Hernandez, Kumar Roof, Carl Bartley, and Pontus Janssen, which, despite the sale of Lewis Cook to Bournemouth, drastically improved the squad from the season before. Um, before the season began, how optimistic were you that Leeds were finally going to push on for that playoff and potentially contend there? Um, I wasn't optimistic at all. I thought this was going to be another another tough season. We've been through a lot of turmoil and I'd, I'd finally seen what everybody spoke about for the years before, how, how, how bad the club was run, just how it needed to change and need to evolve. And um, the, bringing the managers in, they, they try to adjust things, they try to like the food at the canteen, meeting the right stuff into uh, rehabilitation, um, both off the pitch and the gym into recovery, uh, especially with a lot of games that's in the championship. That's where the side side of the football that needed to change. And uh, as we went along, we changed that. And Gary Monk changed that a lot. And uh, it helped drastically on the pitch because we had our best season to date at that point in time. So, uh, yeah, it was tough in that sense, but I, I wasn't optimistic for a for a top six finish. But ultimately, when we got into it and got dug into half the season, uh, it looked pretty damn likely. And despite the changes off the pitch with the new managers and the influx of new players, the season didn't get off to the greatest of starts. And Leeds' first match was a 3-0 away defeat to Queen's Park Rangers, with Leeds failing to register a shot on target, followed by a 2-1 home defeat against Birmingham City. However, the side picked up their first point of the season in the third match in the Championship, which was a 1-1 draw at Ellen Road against one of the promotion favourites, Fulham, where a late <laughs> overhead kick goal from yourself opened the, opened, the, opened the scoring and your goal tally for the season and rescued a late point for Leeds. What can you remember about that goal and how important do you think it was to get that draw? Because Leeds were on track for three losses in a row, which might have changed the atmosphere around Ellen Road after the uh, new influx of people. Yeah, I'm sure it definitely would have changed the atmosphere around. Um, I remember QPR on the opening day. Uh, we tried to play the way Gary Monk played too too much, and uh, as in the case of we tried to do what he wanted word for word, and not not be footballers at the end of the day and, and take a bit of off the cuff stuff. We tried to be rigid and structured, which never works. And coming in after that game, he said the exact same thing. He said. Look, you're being too rigid. These are all guidelines and these are all how I want you to play. But you still need to uh, play the way you want to play and play how, like to your strengths at the same time. So the first few games were learning curves and uh, ultimately it did turn around in the end and his style came through. Um, that following game, obviously, I think everybody in, in the Leeds fan base or anything remembers the goal and remembers the celebration from me. Um it was the tough time in my career at Leeds, end of, end of the first season, start of the second season. Um, it was where I was getting criticised a lot and, and vocally on game days. And um, it was one of those frustration on both sides. Um, 
I, I believe fans should be very supportive of their of their players, um, especially at starts of the season. There's no point being negative. Um, if you want to be negative, that's that's your right and that's your opinion. Um, but it's never going to help a player. Yeah, like you said, you celebrated that goal in front of the cop by sort of cupping your ear towards the Leeds fans. Was that your way of like telling the supporters that you could hear their criticism and that you wanted to prove them wrong? Um, it was a prove. It was. It was. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was. It was one of those. Look, yeah, I know I'm getting booed and all of that, but it was a basically without being too broad about it, it was a, not an up you, but a, it's a, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this without you then if you're not gonna help me. Um, I I had the faith in my team and my manager, um, and ultimately that's when I learned the hardest lesson of that's all you need. Um, and, and football, it's great having the fans behind you, but ultimately they're not the ones that are going to help you out when, when times get tough, your, your teammates and your manager are. And uh, that's when, when I learned the biggest lesson in my life. After the first six matches, Leeds picked up just four points and were sitting in the relegation zone. However, uh, a drastic turn in form saw the side jump into the playoff positions by early November. What do you think was the reasoning for the change in results? I think it just finally clicked. Um, everybody started playing together, started the, the stuff that we're working on the training ground actually came out in games. Um, it always takes time when we had five new players in the club, um, especially big, big controlling players that were playing week in, week out. We need to learn everybody's technique and everybody how everybody played and then a different style at the same time. So you're always going to start slow. Um, it's about building on that. And that's when we got the consistent run of games and consistent run of form. And as well as the improvement within the team as a whole from that transfer window, you personally scored your 13th championship goal of the season in January against Rotherham, equaling your previous season's tally with still 21 matches left to play that season. What do you think changed for you as an individual that season compared to your first year, which allowed you to reach 13 goals at such earlier time? Um, I was fortunate enough with injury. I stayed, stayed clear of that, um, which was great. Um, I had a manager that believed in me, um, that backed me no matter what, kept me on the pitch, even though maybe it might not have been my, my greatest game or greatest day. He kept me on the pitch for the 90th minute because he knew I could pop up with a goal in the 90th minute. And that happened on a few occasions, which is great. Um, but ultimately, learning learning the, the mental side of it, being strong, capable, and then having a team around me, that, that was a step on from the year before, I think. During that stage of the season, you were playing for both Leeds and New Zealand in international matches who were playing various friendlies during the season. And when you were on international duty, you obviously had to do a lot of travelling between Leeds and New Zealand to play the fixtures. Although there were international breaks for their matches, how hard was it for you to be travelling all over the world and maybe playing two international fixtures when Leeds had the week-long international break and then returning straight back to championship football in such a short space of time? Um, yeah, I mean, it's difficult at times, but it's it's what I've done for all of my career. Um, you learn little tricks and that's of getting, getting over it and getting recovery into your bodies. Um, so it's, it's one of those I'm never going to turn down playing for my country because I love, don't love doing that. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, I'm not going to let it affect my club career as well because I'm going to do whatever's right off the pitch to make sure I'm ready for come Saturday when I'm back in the country and uh, ready to go for my club team. So... 
you just learn little things. Um, the traveling, it is what it is. It's traveling. You just have to switch into time zones quicker than, than normal. And uh, you find little tricks of that when you when you do that international traveling. And nevertheless, despite your pat schedule for the back end of 2016, you scored seven goals in January 2017, which not only saw you reach 21 championship goals, but you also picked up the Championship Player of the Month award. How did it feel to receive that as it was your first individual award? Look, yeah, it was lovely. Um, obviously, uh, we don't play football for individual awards or anything like that, but it's nice when, when you get recognised for a good month like that or a good season. Um, so, yeah, I was over the moon with that. But ultimately, I was probably more over the moon with the, the wins that we would have got in that month. And that would have kept us ticking over consistently up near the playoffs. If not in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure we were. And your goals helped push Leeds towards automatic promotion places. However, as the season progressed more, Leeds' form slightly slipped and a playoff place was looking more likely and achievable. And at that point in the season, how confident were you that Leeds were able to uh, finish within the playoffs for the first time in 11 years? Look, I was extremely confident. I thought uh, I thought this was us. I thought we'd done extremely well. I thought with the team we had... the this is this is what we deserve at the end of the day being in the in the playoffs um staying out of the, the top two is it's hard enough to be in there so um dropping out of there wasn't a, a big issue for us but it was about staying in the in the playoff matches so um look i think we we've done extremely well our points tally at the end of the season was was high enough on last six years to be in the playoffs um it was just unfortunate that fulham had an unbelievable run to, to knock us out and Leeds' form continued to drop as the side entered the final stage of the season and the playoff positions were seemingly slippingly away. However, when Leeds visited St James's Park to take on league leaders Newcastle United with five matches to play, Leeds were set for their third defeat in four matches. However, in the dying second, once again, like you said, you rescued Leeds a point. What can you remember about that goal and what impact do you think it might have had on Leeds' playoff push? Um. It was a game that I thought, look, this is going to take us over the line. I thought mentally we, we'd been strong enough to deal with it, kept them out. They were the better side, without a doubt. Um, St. James Park is hard enough to go to any time of the year, not to mention when they're flying and up the top of the table. Um, so to nick the, nick the point at the end with a the, with the volley of mine, um, it was great. And I thought it would have given us the, the extra push we needed to break the mould of, of the losing run and to kick on for the rest of the rest of the four games to hopefully stay in the playoff places, but just wasn't meant to be. Although fans, in, including me, thought that that goal might have been the turning point to get Leeds back on track and turn the results around, the season ended with Leeds finishing in seventh spot, agonising and close to the playoff places, which Leeds had been in for well over half of the season. What did it feel like to miss out and finish the season in that way? Um, it was gut-wrenching. Um, all the hard work that we did, um, fighting for the whole season to, to get to where we wanted to be and then to, to miss out on it on the last few few games, last two games, it was it was horrible. Um, but ultimately, we obviously didn't, didn't deserve it because we didn't, didn't make it, but we were unfortunate in that, in that sense of we had a great points tally, uh, one that in any other season would have got us in there. Um, and... Fulham winning 18 out of 19 games or something like that during the end of their season um, helped them dramatically. And 
despite the disappointment with Leeds as a team as a whole, on a personal level, you found the net on the final day of the campaign against Wigan to score your 27th championship goal of the season, which was just three short of the championship record and it was your 30th goal in all competitions that season. Because of the prolific season that you had, you won the championship golden boot and featured in the championship team of the season and picked up Leeds' Player of the Season award and the Players Players of Players Player of the Year accolade. Why do you think everything went so well for that season and how happy were you to reave all them awards to highlight your successful year? Look, yeah, I was, I was extremely happy with, with what I achieved over that season. It was a, it was a season I, I set out to, to be the best striker we could have um, that year and, and be, be the number nine that I wanted to be and, and possibly everybody expected me to be. Um, and I was just thankful that, that I could do that and uh, do as well as I could to, to know that, that no matter what happened on, on the points tally or where we finished in the league, at least I, I'd done what I could to get us there. Um, but ultimately, I would have I would have traded a, a bunch of those goals to be in the playoffs to, to give us a chance of being promoted. Um, but ultimately, it was still a sour note, no matter how good that season was, because we didn't finish in the playoffs. Fast forward into the following season, uh, Gary Monk ended up leaving. Thomas Christiansen took over as head coach at Leeds United. And in the first match of the season was a 3-2 win against Bolton Wanderers, a game which you scored in, actually. However, following the match, it was reported that Leeds had received a bid from you from Burnley, uh, which resulted in Leeds offering you a new contract in an attempt to make you stay at the club for a third season. Were you ever tempted to accept the deal and stay at Leeds, or did you feel it was the right time to take a step back into the Premier League? Um... Ultimately, I think everybody's goal in the championship is, is to play in the Premier League. Um, getting rid of Gary Monk at the time, I thought, was a was a bad decision. Um, it, was, it was one where he's taken us to our highest points early ever. Yeah, we just missed out on the playoffs, but I thought with a bit of backing behind him, we would have stepped up and, and been um, the, the team and the force we needed to. Um, but ultimately, once, once a bid comes in for you, you have to have, to have a look at it and uh, see see what you can do. I mean, playing in the Premier League was always a dream of mine. Ultimately, I wanted to do that with Leeds, um, but at the time, it, it just wasn't wasn't to be. Um, and it was one of the case of, am I going to pass up this opportunity of playing in the Premier League where every kid's dream is to do to be, um, to, to stay at a club where it might not happen, it might not get there. Um, it was, there was a lot of ifs. Um, at the time, so it was it was a case of it was a tough decision to to look to go that way. But ultimately, the Premier League is is a big draw for a lot of players. Yeah, definitely. And it was reported that Burnley's first offer for you was rejected, which resulted in you featuring in the next two matches against uh, Preston and Fulham. However, the fifth match was away at Sunderland that season. And despite travelling with the squad, you tweeted out a statement less than three hours before the match, stating that, due to strong interest from a Premier League club, I don't feel that it was right for me to play today. And you didn't end up featuring on that match day squad. Would you be okay to say why that was? Um, well, the ultimate reason was the bid was accepted on Friday afternoon. Um, and legally, well, not legally or anything, Burnley didn't want me to play. Um the bid was accepted. The move was going through, um, no matter what, and um, they didn't want to risk me playing in, in the Sunderland game. Um, it was agreed. We spoke. I spoke with the owner and spoke 
with uh, the Burnley team that they wanted me to, to release something to, to show why I couldn't be playing. But ultimately, the deal was basically, well, the fee was agreed and the deal was done. Um, I, my medical was booked in the next day on Sunday. So I couldn't play um, in that sense. My hands were tied. Um, so it was just one of those cases cases and situations where you just have to grin and bear it and uh, take a bit of stick for it. Just two days after that Sunderland match, it was confirmed that you would be joining Burnley for a reported £15 million, which made you Burnley's record transfer at the time. What did it feel like to return to the Premier League, but also to leave Leeds after two very successful seasons? Look, exactly. Leaving Leeds was hard. Um, it was a place, even in a really short period of time that I was there in two years, I felt at home. Um, felt like I found a club that I really enjoyed. Um, but I needed to needed to make that step and, and test myself and challenge myself in the Premier League. Um, so it was, it was extremely tough leaving because I love living in the city. To be fair, I, I loved everything about the city in that sense. Um, and to leave a club and teammates behind, which I think were, were a good bunch of lads, especially in that second season, we, we had kicked on and, and formed a great group. Um, it was a tough thing, but ultimately I needed to test myself in the Premier League and see if I could do it. I had a shot four years ago with Leicester and didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve and now I wanted to go in and see if I can actually achieve the the goals that I set out for myself when I was a kid. And of course this season you'll be returning to Ellen Road again on Boxing Day. How much are you looking forward to that match and what are you going to expect from Marcelo Bielsa and his Legion United side? Look, I'm, I'm extremely looking forward to that match. Um, I just hope the crowds are going to be back by then because I want to see that place bouncing. Um, I saw it a couple of times in our promotion push when I was there, um, a full 36,000. It, it, it's, it's a sight to behold. Um, so I'm sure the last year's um, stadiums would have been bouncing fully. Um, so it would be nice if that's the same on Boxing Day. It would be nice to go back and play against old teammates, um, against old fans, and, and hopefully there's a nice reception. If there is, that's great. If there's not, well, that's, that's life. Um, it's going to be a tough game because I know what I've seen. I've been following closely over the last couple of seasons how the boys have been doing and uh, they're playing some very good football. So um, if they take to the Premier League like Sheffield United did, I think they'll become a very big force. This second section of the show is sponsored by the Harrogate CBD Company. Harrogate CBD Company are a local business run by Leeds United fans and they're on a mission to help people sleep better and relax. They source the finest CBD products so you don't need to look any further when struggling for anxiety relief or a helping hand when struggling to sleep. Research has shown that CBD can help refresh your mindset and increase your focus to reduce anxiety and their oils contain pure hemp, organic ingredients and less than 0.2% THC content. If you want to find out more about their products, visit them on www.hgcbd.co.uk on Instagram at Harrogate underscore CBD and add the discount code LUFC to receive 5% off all their products. They've also begun shipping their products worldwide as well as the UK and can now offer delivery to 72 different countries. So go and check them out. In this section, our followers get to ask their questions to our guests by commenting on our LUFC Fanzone Instagram post. 
Each episode, we select four questions which are commented and put them forward to our guest. Our first question comes from Theo, who asks... Hi guys, hi Chris. My question is, who was your footballing idol growing up and why? Um, okay, uh, there was two. Um, ultimately, when I was a, a kid, um, Alan Shearer was a, was my idol, and then a, and then it moved into Didier Drogba. Um, two top quality strikers, typical number nines, goal scorers, knew where the back of the net was, and ultimately that's what I wanted to be. And our second question comes from Freddie, who asks, "All right, guys, hello, Chris. My question is, who do you think was the best player you played alongside when you were at Leeds?" Oh gosh, that's tough. Um, obvious one that sticks out in my mind is uh, Lewis Cook, uh, fantastic player. Um, Charlie Taylor, very good player, um, consistent, strong, athletic, very good, good, good on the ball. Um, there's been quite a few. Pablo was absolutely outstanding going through uh, through the team. Um, God, Kyle Bartley was unbelievable when we were there. Rob Green was fantastic at the time. Um, but it would be probably Cookie, Pablo or Chaz, one of the three, because they were all top quality players. And next up is Sam, who asks... Hi guys, hi Chris, hope you're both well. My question is, do you have any pre-match superstitions or rituals that you follow? Thank you, bye. Um, really, I don't. Um, it's all about just relaxing, knowing that I'm going out to do my job work hard for the team and, and just see where it takes me. And our last question comes from Fallon, who asks... Hi, guys. Hi, Chris. My question is, what was your favourite goal you scored for Leeds United? Um, favourite goal would have been the overhead kick against Fulham. Um, it was the one that started started it all off. Um, it's the one that's going to be the most memorable in, in that sense. Um I scored a few good goals during that season, but that's the one that always sticks in my mind as a turning point in my Leeds career and uh, taking it from a a tough situation into a a fantastic time to be at the club and uh, one that I really enjoyed and and remember fondly. And that ends today's episode. Thank you to everyone for sending your questions and thank you so much for your time, Chris. No problem. Thank you for having me and I hope it all goes well this season. We'll be back in two weeks with our next guest. Stay tuned for the post over on our Instagram later in the week. Thanks for listening.